Hello, Empire Builders. You are listening to Business Scale Insights with your host, Kimberly Bonner. Today is Friday, and so you know what time it is. It's time for Friday Focus. Business Scale Insights and Friday Focus are brought to you by New Day Consulting Systems, a firm dedicated to helping small businesses scale well. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Friday Focus with Kimberly Bonner and Business Skill Insights. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Friday Focus is a time where um, the podcast is focused on either interviewing uh, thought leaders or recording interviews of thought leaders or breaking news in business and leadership And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be actually listening to not necessarily an interview, but a talk given by Kim B. Clark. I didn't pick him because we kind of share a similar name, but uh, Kim Clark actually was the former dean of the Harvard Business School. And he is actually talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and also a subject that we've been talking about uh, for a little bit of time on when, on this business series, Love and Money, when we're talking about the basic competencies of leaders and LQ, the love quotient or love intelligence or the love ethic. And so I came across this talk a while back and I wasn't sure when I would share it, but I think, you know, um, the timing is absolutely right. It's the perfect time to talk about this in the context of of leadership and ethics um, and morality. And also it happens to be spring break and a lot of us are celebrating either Passover or the Easter season. And so this is a real good time for all of us to be talking about, you know, ethics, in my opinion, uh, if you celebrate either of those um, wonderful uh, traditions and leadership because all of us are leading in some capacity and leading in our lives. So I'm sharing this wonderful clip, uh, which is a, a bit of a lecture by Kim B. Clark, who is the former dean of Harvard Business School. It's a lecture on ethics and leadership. And there are a few quotes that I want to highlight. And I want you to really uh, focus your attention to the first couple minutes, maybe the first five minutes in particular, the lecture. He talks about leadership is always and everywhere a moral act. That's the first statement that he made that kind of shook me into attention. Leadership is always and everywhere a moral act because, according to Clark, every leader takes the lives of other people in their hands to help or hurt in some way. I'm paraphrasing. That's a very powerful statement. And um, during this time of spiritual soul searching and the spring break and everybody's kind of doing a a mental and emotional and physical and spiritual uh, uh, assessments and and, and cleansings of all types. I think it's really appropriate for us to kind of really think in our own lives and reevaluate how we view leadership, you know, because that, that definition of leadership as a moral act 
is one of the most persuasive I've ever heard in my life. And uh, think about how, how you lead in your own life. Think about how you lead at work. Think about how you lead in your business. Think of the people that you admire as great leaders. And it's you're hard pressed to say, oh, he's on to something. Kim Clark is on to something. And he also uh, made the observation that while he was the dean of Harvard Business School, he really was about um, trying to integrate in their, their curriculum this idea that as business leaders, all leaders should actually be about making the world a better place to live. And I couldn't agree more. And so I wanted to share this lecture because I think it's appropriate with the timing, Passover, Easter, spring break. It's also appropriate timing as far as this podcast uh, series on love and money. And um, if, if you're thinking about the kind of person I am and what I'm all about and my values, honestly, I really believe and agree with what he's saying here. Um, the best leaders, the greatest leaders have some kind of moral and ethical compass. Um, two plus two doesn't equal four, five, six, 27, 102 and 305. And unfortunately in my life, I have had to sit under horrible leaders who, according to my old, uh, judge I used to clerk with, they wouldn't know the truth if they met the truth on an old country road. And um, there's nothing worse than sitting under ethically challenged, morally challenged, truth challenged leadership. And I hope and pray that um, this podcast series um, will make it very clear to those of you who are interested in possibly working with New Day Consulting Systems in the future about who we are and the kind of people we want to work with and the kind of firms we want to work with and the next generation businesses we want to help develop and the next generation leaders we want to help and the next generation franchise systems we want to work with. Because thankfully, the wonderful thing about having um, a company uh, that you own is that you can determine who you work with and who you don't. And I spent so much of my life working with horrible leaders. I have made the personal and professional commitment to myself that the work I do for this next half of my life will be with people who share the same passion and aren't truth challenged <laughs> and know that two plus two doesn't equal four, five, six, 27, 322, uh, 1011. We're not all perfect, but good Lord, we got, we got to have some baseline of reality. So anyway, be that as it may, uh, you get you get the reason why we're doing what we're doing and, and part of the reason why I'm I'm working in this podcast. The next voice that you will hear is Kim B. Clark talking about ethics and leadership. Enjoy, and I hope everyone who is celebrating Passover or Easter uh, now, I hope you have a joyous, wonderful holiday and you get to love on your family and friends. Take care. So it was uh, a double honor to uh, be recognized uh, in the university and 
also to have Peter uh, want to uh, do this. So I'm grateful for that for that honor. I do have a few things I'd like to say about responsible leadership, but I find that most of them have been said by the people who've spoken before me. Um, <clears throat> so we've had we've been we've been really well fed. Uh, got great ideas. Uh, I do have a couple things I would like to emphasize. Um, the first one is that I think it's important for all of us who uh, have any kind of responsibility to be a leader. Um, and that includes uh, pretty much everybody. Uh, because I believe in leadership with a small L. That is uh, leadership that exists and is a at every single level of society, all the way down into individuals and families, but also in organizations, in project teams, and divisions, in any kind of group, all the way to CEOs and even people who lead large uh, parts of societies. In every position of leadership, leadership is always and everywhere a moral act. Always and everywhere a moral act. Because every leader takes the lives of other people in her or his hands and takes action in various ways that affect other people. And it is either for their well-being to improve their lives and help them become more effective and more uh, better off, or it hurts them. So it's always a moral act. So that's the first observation. The second observation is that all of us, whether you're in a school or not, will teach other people about responsible leadership. So all of you, it doesn't matter what you do, all of you will teach responsible leadership, whether you intend to or not. This is what we came to at HBS. We thought hard about what should, what should we do as an institution to develop leaders who go out and really make the world a better place. Not, not rhetorically, but actually make the world a better place. What should we do as a school? And we had to come to grips with the issues that have been raised today about can you do that? Will it have any, you can talk about it. Will it have any effect? And we decided that whether you choose to or not, you will teach people about responsibility. If you choose not to do it with intent, you will do it inadvertently, and you'll do it haphazardly, and they will learn about responsibility from you, but it won't be a happy lesson. You will teach them that you do not care about it, that it is not an important part of being a leader. And they will take that and it will, it will get into their hearts because responsibility is always about the heart and the mind. Now, we've talked a lot about the heart today. It's very important. And you can. I'm a firm believer that people can change. Actually, if you think about it for a little while, you'll realize that people change all the time. The issue is in what direction will people change? How will people change in their lives? I mean, you think about Sue and I were talking about this the other night. We have several friends that we knew long for long years, and we've watched them over time. And many of them today 
are very different than they were when we knew them. Very different. And they didn't change immediately after we knew them. They changed many years later. They became different. Now, we talked about it because many of them have been very unhappy in their lives. Precisely because they changed in ways that fostered unhappiness. They became selfish. They became more interested in material things to the detriment of their families. They became more consumed by power than by doing the responsible thing. So we watched this happen. The evidence is clear. People change. The issue is, how are they going to change? In what direction? And schools have a significant influence on how people think about themselves, their, especially business schools, about their professional identity. Who are you? What do you stand for as a human being and as a leader? And so we chose at HBS to educate for responsibility. And it's not easy. It's kind of challenging. I want you to, because it actually is full of paradoxes. It's full of paradoxes. And, I mean, we heard some of them tonight when Charles was talking about Patagonia. Talking about uh, an organization that seeks to, that, that, that wasn't even founded in order to maximize any, you know, any kind of economic value, and yet has created tremendous value. It's kind of a paradox. So how do you teach that? Well, one way you do it is you try to help the faculty understand something about about these principles, which actually Kim talked about them. Trying to teach the, the principles. In fact, this goes back to Clay's theory. The theory that underlies what Kim talked about is not easy. So I want you to picture in your mind the Harvard Business School faculty. Okay? So keep, keep in your mind, I don't know what your image of Harvard Business School is, but your image probably understates the issue. Okay? <laughs> Think of the Harvard Business School faculty. All right? Arrayed in a room. There's like 200 and something of them most prestigious business school in the world, populated by faculty of great international renown. Okay. All right, so I'm in there. I'm down in the bottom, and I'm talking to these people, all of whom got where they are by single-minded pursuit of their own interest. Can you, do you have a picture now? And this is what I told them. It's a paradox about responsibility. This is what I told them. I said, all right. This is what I believe. If we together work in such a way that we are willing to invest in each other, even if it causes us individually to sacrifice our own interest, we will end up creating an organization that is so powerful in its influence and in its culture that individually we will end up better off than if we selfishly pursue our own interests. It's a paradox. It's a paradox. Because you have to believe that if I take time, you know, if Peter shows up in my office and I'm working on a paper and I'm, I'm trying to write and Peter appears in my office door and wants to talk to me, I have to set that aside. I have to believe that by setting this aside and spending time with Peter rather than my own work, it will eventually create 
a culture that's very powerful, and I will be better off someday. <laughs> Only not this day. <laughs> right? I mean, that's exactly what you do. But I believe that. I believed it very strongly at, uh, at HBS, and I believe it strongly now. We saw it begin to happen. One of the sweetest things that happened to me in my time at HBS was a letter I got. Uh, it was a letter from one of my colleagues who is a absolutely brilliant economist, internationally renowned, uh, brilliant person, uh, who grew up in a country different from either this one or the one we were in, where he saw uh, people pursuing their own interests to the max. And he saw the consequences of it. And he learned that only the cynics survive. Only people who are ruthless and cynical survive. So when I started talking about, you know, investing in other people, I'll be better off, he just thought that was complete nonsense. It's just kind of like, you've got to be kidding. I have a dean who was a complete knife. You know, just doesn't understand the real world at all. But I got this very sweet letter from him. At the when I left, and he and he wrote me this long letter, and he said, you know, when you first talked about all this stuff, I thought this is nonsense, this is crazy. But as time went on, he said, I decided that I would experiment with it, and so I began to behave the way you taught us. And he said, I have to tell you, I I am a convert. He said, I now believe what you believe because I've practiced it and I've watched the change it's made in my life so it, it, it it's hard but it's very powerful responsibility the way we're talking about it is very powerful for exactly the reasons we can talk about now I do have a couple of things I want to conclude with because responsibility while it's powerful is not easy to it's not only about the heart. I mean, it's very much about the heart, about what, what do you stand for, about who are you, about your identity, about your uh, principles. But it's also about the mind, because you cannot be a responsible leader if you are ineffective, if you don't know how to take action that's powerful and effective, or you don't know how to marshal others and organize and motivate people so that they do things that bring about responsibility. I mean, if you think about what Charles talked about today, think about what it would take in a company to get a company to actually do the things he talked about. We produce, produce products that people like, appealing to a particular segment of a market, and yet build processes in that organization that effectively address those issues. What does it take to get 300 companies to sign up play a game that's not in their interest. What, what does that take? It's more than heart. It's skill. It's knowledge. It's, it's expertise. It's, it's the kinds of things we teach about. In fact, I think you can argue that the real, the real, uh, I was going to use the word magic, but I don't like that word. Uh, it's not a good word. 
for magic. The real power in this is to get people who have responsible hearts and very powerful minds. William James, I think, developed a concept which has been deeply ingrained at HBS for a long time, which is he, he taught that what you want in leaders is someone who's tough-minded but not hard-hearted. So you want responsible hearts 